so um, it reminds me of finishing my task as early as possible it's a very indian thing so you'll find indians everywhere probably using it so often that it's become so common we even heard that in school and you know i went to an english medium school <laughs> are you saying that it is uh, not an officially uh, english word as in it's not mentioned in the dictionary and stuff Hello and welcome to yet another episode of About What You Say, a podcast about words, their origins, what they mean to us, and how we use them and more often than not give them a makeover. Today's word is prepon and going by what you have heard at the beginning of the podcast, it does tend to stir up some rather strong opinions, memories and questions as well. So what does prepon mean anyway? Well, most of you I'm guessing most of you might know what's the meaning of prepon. For those who don't, years aspiring creative writer Guru Prasad with its details. Uh the obvious obvious meaning of the word prepon as in it is the opposite of postpone. So if a, a future event uh, scheduled is moved into the present or earlier, it's, it's, you use the word prepon to uh you know in in association which is what the oxford dictionary has to say of prepon as well bring something forward to an earlier date or time so you can prepon a meeting from say the 16th to the 11th and you have to make known the preponment of that meeting well in advance so now when and how was the word born and did it have the same meaning all along Well the answer to that is going to be a wee bit complicated and it begins as it usually does with latin Latin who more often than not loves to be the mother of all languages and words has prepono which means to put before and it does seem that prepono was prepon's early ancestor The first instance of the word prepon in English dates back to 1549 when good old Robert Crowley a Christian socialist wrote I do prepon and set the lord alway before mine eyes and by prepon he meant to set before to place in front of which is more or less similar to the meaning of latin's prepono Thereafter, prepon was used in much the same way in the 1600s, the 1700s and the 1800s. Now, sometime in 1913, a certain John D. Trenner wrote to the New York Times asking to be permitted to coin prepon, mainly for the legal profession. for the benefit mainly of the legal profession in this age of hurry and bustle trainer wrote may i be permitted to coin the word prepon as a needed rival of that much revered and oft invoked standby postpone then on june 24th 1921 prepon appeared in an edition of onward a journal of the universalist young people stanley manning in his report for the journal about a certain rutland union wrote I really think the Rutland Union likes to have me around. 
whenever I come, they get the next place on my itinerary to cancel the date so that I can stay with them an extra day. This time, they not only did that, but they preponed, or whatever is the opposite of postponed, their annual banquet and business so that I could attend. These two instances of prepone, the letter to the New York Times in 1913 and the article in Onward in 1921, are the first recorded usages of the word as the opposite of postpone. And as you can clearly see, it seems to be an American invention. The earliest instance of prepone in print in India dates back to 1883. It appeared in an article titled Dharmasindhu or The Ocean of Religious Rites, which was translated from Sanskrit by Reverend A. Borquin for the 15th volume of the Journal of the Bombay Branch of the Royal Asiatic Society. Describing a certain ritual, Reverend Borquin wrote, Some say, however, that the morning oblation to the fire should not be preponed. Thereafter, prepone made an appearance in 1929 and again in 1960 in articles published in All India Reporter, a monthly law journal that covers the High Courts and the Supreme Court of India. Then, in 1966, it appeared in the Bulletin of the Indian Society for Malaria and Other Communicable Diseases. In 1968, it was spotted in the annual report of the Central Food Technological Institute of India. In 1971, an instance of it appeared in the Indian Journal of Medical Education. And in 1972, it was part of an exchange of words during a debate held in the Lok Sabha, the House of the People in the Indian Parliament. So, by the 1970s, it had started to seep into the vocabulary of many an Indian writer, including that of Shashi Tharoor, who was then an upcoming Indian politician and writer. Since then, it has become quite common in correspondence, conversation and English literature in India. Now, as this was happening, as India began to use prepone, the West, for some goddamn reason I haven't been able to figure out what, forgot about the word and the fact that there were at least two people from amongst themselves who had used prepone to mean the opposite of postpone. And so for all practical purposes, since the 1970s, prepone, the way it is known right now, has become the exclusive property of Indian English. Which is why the Oxford and the Merriam-Webster dictionaries label it as a word from the Indian Peninsula. Now, given that the West had abandoned the word nearly more than a century ago, Perhaps the word leads to communication problems when Indians use it in their interactions with clients and business owners abroad? Well, according to Gloria D'Souza, who is a project manager in the pharmaceutical industry in Berlin and has lived and worked in India and the UK. So, yeah, uh, so actually when we st when I started working, my first job, uh, you know, th this, this word was used very often and I did use this word in my emails and it was fine. I didn't see any issues with the word. The only uh, time when I realize it's not a valid word is when I moved over to work abroad outside of India. And then I realized that our clients would only use the word like the timelines have got advanced. Nobody would say the timeline has got preponed. And, you know, we always will tend to mimic the same language that we hear. So then even I stop using uh, the word preponed. 
and Marina, a follower of all things etymology and a Regency English enthusiast, pretty much echoed the same sentiments. If you look at it, it's kind of logical and uh, because it's been used so often uh, by so many people that I think even if people aren't aware of it, they just come to understand that that meant that something has been brought forward. So it hasn't really interfered with client communication or any other kind of communication for that matter. Gloria went on to add that. In hindsight, I think maybe they might have been a problem, but you know, people use Google search and I mean, yeah, Google, not, not Google Translate. I would just assume that people would have seen the meaning of the word uh, prepone and figure it out that it's a word that's specific to English. But uh, no one really said that they didn't understand anything. Though I worked with, uh, I worked with with people from Japan and uh, you know, that that's where a lot of the advancement of timelines happened. <laughs> and um, uh, also I work with people from, uh, from US as well as, as Britain. Okay, so with the internet all around us, Access to dictionaries, as well as access to articles and television programs in American and British English, has become relatively easy. Now, this should have, ideally, decreased the usage of preporn. But it's still being used a lot by Indians. Why do you think that is so? I think maybe because Indians are very logical in thinking, so... Because people, regardless of all this information, still believe it's an actual word. You know, they're not going to go up to a dictionary and actually look it up. Nobody's bothered about that. It's And it's just, for many people, it's just easier to say prepone than bring it forward because that's just a lot to say. And then it's become a habit with so many people. It's just pure habit that they won't change. And like all habits, it's difficult to change. I guess because of the lack of another word for to describe what prepone describes, right. and it's very easy to uh, use prepone because you know by logic. I don't know. I don't know about the whole Indians and uh, people abroad using it or not. But as far as I'm concerned, or uh, I speak for me, or you know, people with my with a background similar to mine, they probably find it easier to recollect a word like prepone because it's the opposite of postpone and postpone is quite a common word so so uh, i think they just don't see why they can't use it unless people don't understand it so if everyone's understanding the word even if it's not a proper word we would just love to use it i think and then there was tanmay a food and travel enthusiast who pointed to something rather intrinsic to the nature of most indians as the reason why prepone is still that popular. Okay, so I do think that the Indians uh, do use prepone as a word more uh, widely, I would say, because I think Indian has a mindset of using the shortcuts more than the longer answers. Shortcuts, or jagad, as my Indian listeners will call it. Jagad, spelled J-U-G-A-A-D, in India, is this term used for a quick fix of a solution, a solution that cuts corners rather efficiently and gets you what you want in no time. Prepone, to some Indians, seems to be one of those jugads in the English language. Now, notice that of all the reasons cited for the frequent usage of the word and the ease with which it's understood, logic seems to be rather popular. So then let's consider the logicality of that for a moment. Logically speaking, if postpone means to delay things, 
and prepone means to advance things. Pone should, logically speaking, mean that things are on time. Unfortunately, as is always the case with matters related to language, it isn't all that logical after all, for the word pone doesn't mean that at all. Pone, as a matter of fact, is a term used to refer to maize bread, shaped in the form of flat oval cakes or loaves that not American Indians prepare in hot ashes. Well, keeping all those loaves of bread and logicality aside, let me go ahead and ask you this. Do you think the word will make it to the pool of standardized international English, so to say? Do you think it will be adopted by native English language speakers and no longer be considered a spicy specimen of Indian English? Absolutely. Words like selfie and microbloggers, these words have evolved, right? And language is something that evolves over time. If one goes to read the old Bibles or the old Shakespearean English, you have a lot of those words like thou and child, which nobody uses anymore. So language is something that always evolves. And as more and more people are aware of a word, it slowly becomes acceptable. India has the second most uh, people in the world that speak English, right? Only after USA. And as more and more Indians get into the organized workforce, non-Indians will start getting used to and will start getting introduced to our Indian words. I don't know. I mean, as far as the British are concerned, they are very uh, finicky about using words. Uh, so if it is no, if it does not belong to the dictionary as such, then I don't think uh, they will adopt it. No, because over time, I think like so many of the Indianisms or you know just colloquial language, it will it will happen. It will become a word. Just because by the sheer number of people that use it, I mean, as you said, we're all over the place. And if if you look at it, millions and millions of of Indians using it all the time, everywhere, it's going to become a common uh, phrase or word. Sorry, just like how you you see, just like how you now say Google it, you know. So the more people use it, the more acceptable it's going to become. I mean, you only the grammar Nazis and the English Nazis are going to have a problem with it. <laughs> okay, uh, any final thoughts? So, yeah, I mean, when you read some Facebook chat or, you know, a Facebook um, article or something, and then you see IDK and I don't know, IMO, whatever, LMO. So you, you wonder what it is, right? But then now even I've learned those words and I see the advantage of, of writing that instead of saying like, I don't know, I just say I, IDK. So, so there's definitely advantage in that. And then I think typing wise, if you look at it saying, instead of saying the timelines are advanced, you know, and if you say pre-pone, it just kind of sounds logical to learn as well. <laughs> I think there should be awareness of how pre-pone is used and when pre-pone is used. If it makes communication easier or more effective, it must be used. Pre-pone is, I mean, I will never use pre-pone so freely. I mean, I would never use it, of course, but uh, I do cringe every time somebody does use it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's quite clear Prepon isn't jumping off into oblivion anytime soon. It's here and well, the world might end up using it more often than it thought it would. And that's all we have time for this week. 
a big, big thank you to Gloria, Marina, Tanmay, and Guru Prasad for sharing their thoughts, experiences, and opinions with us on this podcast. And what do you think, dear listener? Will Prepon be with us until the end of time, or will something else replace it? Tell us. We would love to hear from you. Write to us with your thoughts, opinions, and feedback at about what you say at icloud dot com. That's about what you say, all one word, no dots in between, at icloud dot com. Also, tell us if you'd like us to cover a word or an expression that you'd like to hear more about. As I said, we're all ears. Also, you can follow us and interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at about what you say. Again, all one word about what you say, all one word, no dots or spaces in between. If you liked this episode, dear listener. Please do subscribe and share it with people who, just like you, might be keen on knowing more about how language has begun to change because of the way we use it. So join us again next week when we bring to you yet another word wrapped in yet another episode of About What You Say. Until then, here's me, Garfield D'Souza, saying goodbye, God bless, and stay safe. Mm-hmm.